Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, and our Bruins find themselves losers once again at the hands of the New York Islanders. We will break down the 2-1 shootout loss on Tuesday night as well as answer some of your mailbag questions today on the podcast. Before we get to that, let me remind you that you should subscribe to the podcast. Open up your app of choice, hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially you Apple users. If you're on Twitter, you can find the show at LO Boston Bruins, on Instagram at Locked On Bruins, and I am at Ian C. McLaren on both platforms. If you're new to the podcast, I'm a lifelong Bruins fan, been writing about hockey for about 16 years now. I worked for five years as a news editor at The Score uh, covering hockey and have since been writing about hockey for SB Nation, covering prospects for a couple of their teams up here in the OHL. Uh, I live in Guelph, Ontario, home of Rich Peverly, uh, which is about an hour west of Toronto. And uh, yeah, I've been hosting this podcast since October of 2019. And what else should I say? That's about it, I guess. Let's get into it, shall we? The Bruins, like I said, falling short. At Nassau Coliseum, once again, they're 0-3-1 on the island this season. Now, after Anthony Beauvillier scored the winner in the third round of a shootout to send the Bruins to their seventh loss overall over their past 10 games, where they are now 3-5-2. Bruce Cassidy said he thought they were the better team, but they didn't have much luck around the net. You saw early on... uh, David Krejci was stymied by a ridiculous stick save by Semyon Varlamov. Nick Ritchie hit the post. Uh, The Islanders had their opportunities as well, but overall, the coach liked the team's effort from start to finish. Pretty tight third period. They had issues with their third periods in the last three games, and he thought that they played better on this night, but just didn't generate a lot. Also didn't give up a lot. Uh, They kept themselves in the game. Had a few opportunities to win in overtime. He said, as a coach, you're never displeased when your team goes out and plays a strong, structured hockey game. We just couldn't finish enough plays or one more play at the very least. Now, if you do look at the uh, kind of overall game numbers, it was a very even game. The Bruins had a very slight advantage when it comes to expected goals. Uh, So this one, based on the eye test, as well as the fancy stats test, as even as it gets. And the Bruins just couldn't get that uh, extra goal in overtime, in regulation, and in the shootout, leading to uh, this stretch now where they have only won three of their past seven games. It was a far better effort than the one that they gave last time they were on Long Island, losing 7-1, to but still not enough to to get the job done. 
What's confounding about this team is that they are able to play so strong defensively despite missing three of their top six defensemen from opening night. Kevin Miller's out. Jeremy Lozon is out. Brandon Carlo is out. You have Connor Clifton coming in. Jeho Vakaninen, as well as newcomer Jared Tenorti. And still, the defensive system is as tight as ever, only giving up one goal in regulation and overtime. Uh, but the problem, again, is the offense. They just cannot find that secondary scoring. David Pasternak scored the only goal for the Bruins on the power play. He said he doesn't think that the team is frustrated, per se, with the lack of scoring. He said it's just the game. The Islanders are a great defensive team. You're going to play a low-scoring game. Don't score many goals lately, but at the same time, the opportunities are there, he said. They missed a couple empty netters. Nick Ritchie hit the post. Uh, goalie made a great save on David Krejci, for instance. It's not frustration, he reiterated. It's just a good thing we're getting the chances. It's a lot of them. We just have to execute on them and bury them. You're going to go through times like this on the season where you're not going to score five goals a game. Overall, Pasternak thought they played a very good game, losing in a shootout, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you lose 7-1 to one or 2-1. to one. It really uh, sucks to lose. David Pasternak did, like I said, score the only goal. It was his 400th career point. The 24-year-old reached the milestone in 406 career games, the fourth fastest to that total in team history behind Bobby Orr, Barry Pedersen, and Ray Bork, which is just uh, unbelievable uh, considering the names in that group and how good David Pasternak has become as a member of the Boston Bruins. We are so lucky to have him. And, you know, you can talk about the Bruins whiffing on Barzil three times. Well, look how many teams passed on David Pasternak in the first round. Uh, he's second in scoring in his draft class, only to Leon Dreisaitl. And the fact that he went so late, um, yeah, is, is a blessing for the Bruins, to be sure. Just as a little side note there. Overall, the Bruins outshot the Islanders 33-27. to They were led in shots by Patrice Bergeron, who had six, Brad Marchand and Pasternak each with five. Uh, but again, secondary scoring did not show itself on this night. Uh, Charlie Coyle with zero shots on net, Craig Smith with a couple, Frederick with a couple, Krejci with a couple, but uh, still, that secondary scoring... Just not there at the moment, and it's something, it sounds like a broken record, to be honest. Every year, that's the big knock on this team. I mean, it's it's kind of skewed in a way because the first line is so good. And they're going to be consistent. They're going to put goals in the net. They're going to put up points. But there can't be such a significant drop-off to the second and third lines. Um, obviously, Andre Kasha was brought in to help rectify that. Hopefully he's able to come back at some point. Uh, but in the meantime, there are still some good players on those middle lines, including Krejci, Coyle, Smith, uh, Nick Ritchie. He only had one shot on goal. Uh, these are guys that need to be scoring fairly regularly, and uh, we're just not getting it at this point, leading to the Bruins' uh, recent skid 3-5-2 and two over their last 10 games, and they now sit fourth in the East Division behind the Islanders at 36 points, the Capitals 34 points, 
the Penguins at 31 points and our Bruins at 30 points, only one up on the Philadelphia Flyers for that fourth and final playoff spot. When you put it to uh, point percentage, they do rise to third above the Pittsburgh Penguins because the Penguins have played 25 games, Flyers and Bruins only at 23. Uh, so they really need to take advantage of these games in hand and secure you know, a spot in that playoff race because right now it's not at all guaranteed that uh, they can stave off both the Flyers and the Penguins, much less catch the Islanders and Capitals. So every point matters. It's good that they at least picked up the one point and hopefully they can grab some more upcoming in these games against the New York Rangers uh, later on this week. Now, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, beautifully tasting protein bar. It has 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which one is best because it is Built Bar Madness. Today, German chocolate is going up against salted caramel, a very tough decision. But if you go to BuiltBar.com or Built underscore Bar on Twitter, you can cast your vote and pick which Built Bar is best. Remember, if you use promo code LOCKEDON20, you can get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. On the latest episode of Locked On Today, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who are the winners and who are the losers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's open up the mailbag. And the first question this week came from Derek Sproul at Derek Neil Sproul on Twitter. Asks, same problem year after year for the Bruins. No secondary scoring, and they won't make it far in the playoffs without it. What is the answer? Well, part of the answer, I think, needs to come internally. Like I said earlier, they do have some pieces that should be scoring more regularly, including David Krejci, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, and Jake DeBrusque. Now, Jake DeBrusque was a healthy scratch on Long Island, and he only has one goal, four assists through 17 games this season. Bruce Cassidy said DeBrusque's effort has not been at the level required to remain in the lineup. We've tried different angles with Jake, he said. He's met one-on-one with me. He's met one-on-one with Joe Sacco and Jay Pandolfo. He's met with his line mates. Talk to some of the veteran guys. At the end of the day, we're not quite getting out of Jake what we want. Now, some of it is circumstantial. He's moved around in the lineup. He's been hurt. Uh, his center in David Krejci has been hurt. But Bruce Cassidy still feels he's been given ice time to perform to the best of his ability. And they're not getting the effort required. It's not always about the score sheet. It's about being one of the 20 guys helping you win. Some nights it's there. Some nights it's not. They've tried different messaging, and this was the latest to hopefully light a bit of a fire under Jake DeBrusque. If that can be accomplished, then that will obviously be a big boost for the Bruins, a team that, let's be honest, they count on Jake DeBrusque to be a consistent goal-scoring, 
contributor to this team. The hope was that he would take a, a step forward in his progression on this bridge deal that he signed in the offseason and really establish himself as a top six winger, able to push for 25, 30 goals in a normal season. And so far, it's been the exact opposite, which is very disappointing. Um, so he has to be part of the solution, uh, as does Coyle, as does Smith, as does Krejci. I think you'd also need to start looking at Providence and Zach Sinitian. Definitely deserves a look. I, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, after it was announced that DeBrusque would be scratched, the line combinations without him, I certainly think there's room for a Zach Sinitian in the lineup, and he should be promoted at this point in order to help spark the offense. There's no reason to keep him out any longer, especially with the offense sputtering. And then, of course, there are some trade targets that you could look at. There are teams that look to be sellers, like the Buffalo Sabres I've mentioned. The um, Nashville Predators are another team that could be sellers. I've talked about Matthias Ekholm on the blue line, but there is a tantalizing option out there in Philip Forsberg, who could be made available by the Predators, and that would be a major upgrade in the top six. And, you know, Don Sweeney is going to have quite a bit of cap space to work with come the trade deadline, and if used wisely, uh, he could drastically improve this team and really help them, yeah, get that secondary scoring and improve their chances coming out of the East Division. Um, at the moment, they would be pitted against the Islanders in the first round, and that would be a tough task for this Bruins team uh, to overcome an Islanders team that has dominated them so far this season. Uh, so definitely some improvements need to be made in the scoring category, but they also need to get more out of the guys that are in the mix. There's no doubt about that. Even a Sean Corrali needs to step up. Um, Nick Ritchie's been very good. Can't ask much more out of him. Uh, but yeah, Craig Smith, uh, Jake DeBrusque, Trent Frederick even. These are guys that need to be contributing more regularly uh, apart from bringing in help from outside sources. Our friend Danielle from Locked on Flyers asks, why can't the Bruins lose to the Flyers? And again, looking at the standings, uh, those wins that the Bruins have put up against the Flyers are key right now. There's only one point separating those uh, two teams, and it's the difference between being in and out right now. So uh, thanks, Danielle, for having Carter Hart give up those goals uh, against the Bruins and for allowing the Bruins to be on top at the moment. Yuso Kakinainen at J-U-P-S-U-H asks, is it a good or bad thing that Boston plays afternoon games for the rest of the season? Now, obviously, that's not every game for the rest of the season, but a majority of their weekend games are indeed afternoon starts. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, that's a good question, actually. I should try to ask that uh, if I get on a Zoom, ask Bruce Cassidy what the approach is. Obviously, your retuning is a bit off. You don't get the morning skate. You don't get your afternoon nap. Um, but, you know, it's two teams that are in the same boat, so it shouldn't really uh, affect things too drastically. Friend of the show, Mayor, who will be on the podcast Friday for This Week in Hockey, asks, Can your team please beat the Islanders on nights that the Leafs lose so that I don't have to deal with smug Islanders fans at school drop-off? I responded with a 
Andy Dwyer gif. I'll try, but don't expect too much. And that's just where things are at with these Bruins at the moment. Thanks for sending in those questions. Just a few this week, but quality ones, that's all I ever ask for. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Baseball's right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards and reality TV. They provide real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Wednesdays on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampado of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down some rebuilds at the bottom of the West, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Let's take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. And it does indeed look as though uh, Eric Stahl could be on the move. Uh, Pierre Lebrun of TSN on Insider Trading last night, he said Stahl has made it known that he would be open to a trade. Uh, He has a partial no trade with 10 teams on it, but for the right team, he would certainly go. He's living alone in Buffalo right now, family not with him. So what's the difference from one hotel to another, LeBron said. He might as well go and try and win somewhere else. LeBron mentioned Edmonton as a possible destination. I don't know if that's really a spot where he would be, you know, set to win. But I know Don Sweeney has been interested in him in the past, They're pretty well set at center right now, the Bruins are, so I don't know if that interest remains, uh, but it'll be uh, a name that is out there who has won a cup in the past and who could be hungry for more at this stage in his career. Some big news that came out on Tuesday as well. Uh, I believe Chris Johnson of Sportsnet was the first to report it, and that is hockey is going back to ESPN. They will get a significant chunk of the NHL's rights package that begins in October. Uh, Frank Saravelli of TSN added it's a seven-year deal that will see ESPN broadcast four Stanley Cup finals over that span with nearly 1,100 games total over that span as well. There's no sense right now if the NHL is making ESPN the primary rights holder but they're certainly getting a significant chunk. Everyone wants to know from a revenue perspective how much money it's bringing back. Uh, It's going to be a landmark deal for television rights in the U.S. as it relates to the NHL. That's all we know right now, and that could be very good for uh, a team like the Bruins uh, as, you know, the cap ceiling could very well uh, be set to go up, and that's, um, you know, significant for... Uh, teams with Stanley Cup aspirations. Going back to the Sabres, Jack Eichel is out at least a week with an upper body injury and it's being reevaluated. Uh, Jack went back to Buffalo early, said head coach Ralph Kruger after a loss to Philadelphia on Tuesday. He's being assessed. He'll be out a minimum of a week. It's an upper body situation that needs some deeper analysis. 
Uh, he, I believe, was bumped in a game on the weekend. And like I mentioned yesterday, it really doesn't change anything in terms of the Sabres' outlook because they're uh, a pretty terrible team and would be in sell mode uh, no matter what, pretty much. Uh, last night, I finished that Murder Among the Mormons documentary. Very interesting stuff. Wild stuff if you haven't seen it. So if you're looking for something to watch tonight, I highly recommend that. I'm also very much looking forward to watching the new Last Chance You uh, documentary on Netflix. Uh, if you've watched those in the past, you'll know it's all about uh, football, but this season they have pivoted to basketball, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Also hoping to start watching the Beartown series on HBO and hope to offer some thoughts on that here on the podcast. And finally, happy birthday to Tuka Rask. He turns 34 years old today. Born in Savonlina, Finland on March 10th, 1987. He is the winningest goalie in Boston Bruins history, sitting on 299 wins at the moment. Tied with Tim Thomas for a 921 save percentage for his career, which is tops among Bruins goaltenders. He did not make the trip to Long Island for yesterday's game. Uh, did not back up Yaroslav Halak. Hopefully he's okay to go for one of the next couple games against the Rangers and that he'll be able to get that 300th career win on home ice. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. I always do appreciate the support and the messages that come in on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, it really does mean a lot. Please do hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And tomorrow we'll be back to preview uh, game against the New York Rangers and uh, we'll see if there are any lineup changes for that one I'd love to see a recall of vaccination like I mentioned uh, I would expect that uh, DeBrusque will be back in the lineup after only one game off but who knows they might want to send a stronger message and get them really fired up uh, so yeah that's it for today friends thanks so much for listening hope you have a great Wednesday Please do take care of yourselves and each other. The weather is getting nicer out there. Get some fresh air, and uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Peace.